spending, let's say, $10,000 on my wedding planner allows me to make so much more and keep so much more money in my business by saving that time, energy, and decision-making power for stuff that is actually in my zone of genius. Because imagine how much longer it would take me to research and figure out and communicate and translate everything to Italian and back and all of that stuff. Imagine how much slower I would be at wedding planning, which is something completely outside of my zone of genius, than running my business, right? My wedding planner is a genius at planning weddings. Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie, and for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello, welcome back to the show and welcome to a much requested solo episode giving you the lowdown on our wedding planning and how I am approaching the entire process, especially from the perspective of being a CEO and how I apply my CEO mindset to the wedding planning process or how I am trying to do so. I've never planned a wedding before, so this is all very new to me, but I am definitely finding a lot of parallels between planning a wedding, which is like really project planning, and running a business and just some decisions that I have made throughout the process. So without further ado, let's just jump right in and we'll start with some questions submitted to my Instagram story question box because I asked what you guys wanted to know and there are some good ones in here just great jumping off point is this question from Andrew Williams asking did you pick your venue can't wait to hear all about it yes we've picked our venue for context if you don't know which I haven't talked about a lot so you probably don't our wedding date is May 10th 2023 5 10 23 and we're getting married in Tuscany Italy. As a little bit of like background story, Andrew and I got engaged over three years ago (laughs) on the Amalfi Coast in Italy. We were hiking Path of the Gods and it was beautiful and romantic and awesome. And that was like one of the best trips I've ever been on. But it's been three years (laughs) since then. So obviously this has been a huge process. We had a pandemic in between that and the wedding vision has changed but also hasn't changed at all since when we first got engaged. The initial vision was Tuscan Villa, closest family and friends, making like a trip out of it, multi-day experience. And while we did take a slight detour for a minute and started planning a Texas wedding and had a venue in the Texas Hill Country, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. And we went back to plan A. We went back to holding the vision after obviously the dust kind of settled from the pandemic and Italy opened back up and stuff. So we are back to plan A and we have secured our venue. It is indeed a Tuscan villa. It's actually a resort in Tuscany. And I don't really want to like give the name and all the details yet. Of course, I'll share all of that stuff, my vendors and like their names, everything after the wedding, but it's this amazing Tuscan resort that is beautifully preserved, beautifully like renovated on the inside. So it still feels very like comfortable and has modern appointments, but also feels like an authentic 
Tuscan experience. And we have the whole venue, the whole resort booked out just for our people for four nights. So we'll have like a a welcome dinner the first night. Then we have a whole day for like activities and exploring the property or going to a wine tasting or there's like golfing nearby there are nearby towns to explore there's horseback riding on the property you guys like if that wasn't a sign that this was the venue for us I don't know what what is but we'll have a whole day of like activities and stuff then the following day is our wedding day then the next day after that we'll have like a recovery day (laughs) and then we'll all check out the next morning and I know a lot of my friends and family who are coming are planning to like make a trip out of it and either explore other parts of Italy adjacent to this or even go to other areas of Europe as part of their trip. So I'm really excited to like be the enabler for why people are going on like bucket list trips and having bucket list experiences. Travel is just such a value of mine. And so it's cool to see people planning trips and part of me that hates being and inconvenience people being a burden is like scared to be asking people to travel halfway across the world to come to my wedding but I'm leaning into this and I'm using this as an opportunity to like stretch that and let people show up for me and let people be excited about it and it feels kind of vulnerable and scary to be asking people to do such a big thing for me but I'm excited. I think the the vision is epic. So that's that's a little bit about the venue. We did explore other areas of Italy and it was so hard to narrow down. Like our planners kept sending us these incredibly breathtaking, gorgeous venues. And there were several other regions of Italy that we were looking at. Like we were looking at like Como, we were looking at Florence, we looked at Puglia, we even looked at the Amalfi Coast again. And it just felt really right to do it in in Tuscany that was kind of always the vision and felt like giving our guests a really cool experience we could kind of have everything that we wanted in one place with the Tuscan options so 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 stoked about the vision and I cannot wait till you see the property and how it's all going to come together and so we've booked our venue. We've also booked our caterer who kind of like works with the venue. We've booked our florist. We've booked our music. We're having kind of like a mix between live music and a DJ for our reception. We're having a DJ and saxophonist duo and they like play together. So it has that element of like fun party vibe with a little bit of entertainment, like live entertainment instead of just a DJ. So that should be fun. I've never been to a wedding where someone had that, but came highly recommended by our wedding planners. So I'm just going to trust the vision. And you'll notice something I mention a lot in this episode is me really trusting my wedding planners advice and their recommendations, because first of all, they're the professionals in their job. And second of all, I simply could get paralyzed by all these decisions if I don't just keep moving and let someone kind of guide me along the way. I also have my wedding dress. I've had my wedding dress since April and my first alterations appointment is in January. So very excited for that. I cannot wait for everyone to see my dress because it's kind of pretty different from what I thought I would end up with. A similar vibe to what I thought I ended up, I was going to end up with, but a very different 
style, if that makes sense, than what I thought. I was pretty confident I would go one direction and I ended up in a different direction. So very excited to see all of that come together. What else have we booked? We did pick our celebrant. We are going to have to be legally married before we go to Italy. It's this whole deal to have a legal marriage in Italy and it adds like thousands of dollars to a wedding planner package because of how much a headache how much of a headache it is to have a legal ceremony there so we're gonna get there legally married and just have a symbolic ceremony which feels totally fine and I also did send out save the dates I'm like embarrassed to admit that we're six months out and I haven't sent formal invitations yet But we did just get finally also our engagement photos done and got them back. And so now we have like updated photos to use for those for our wedding website and stuff like that. So really, I just need to knock that out now. And to get more specific about details, because you guys know I love to get detailed, I'm going to answer the question or the request, I guess you could say, for wedding food details, what apps, mains, and desserts are we serving? This comes from my friend Jesse Suarez and we don't have our complete menu finalized because our planners will still go in and do a tasting and report back or we might go out to Italy ahead of the wedding to be there for the tasting but roughly here's how the food situation is going to go down obviously food is a big priority when you're in Italy. That's a big reason why people are excited to go to Italy. I know for a fact, and I'm so excited for the food, but for our welcome dinner, we're going to have a like handmade authentic pizza party, which is going to be so fun. Then for our actual wedding day, we will have welcome Aperol and champagne and stuff for everyone. We'll have a cocktail hour with finger foods. And they give us a list of like 25 30 finger food options maybe even more and we had to pick six that was kind of overwhelming but some of them like we picked truffle arancini balls we picked bruschetta we picked some burrata with like fresh heirloom tomato we picked there's something with prosciutto there's something with fig there's something like a a fried zucchini blossom or something like that so the finger foods are going to be great and then for our actual dinner we had a bunch of different menus to choose from like I think there were eight sample menus to choose from and each sample menu has multiple courses so that was also hard to narrow down and we ended up going with one that has like a ricotta ravioli a I think like a mushroom risotto and a vegetable. And then the main is a meat, potato, arugula salad. Like it's a grilled steak, potato salad situation. And for our dessert, we are, the main event is going to be the traditional Italian wedding cake, which is not really a cake. And I don't want to butcher how to pronounce it. It starts with an M. But it basically means like thousand layer cake, I think. And it's all these layers of crispy pastry layered with pastry cream and fresh berries and it has powdered sugar and stuff. And that's the traditional specialty for an Italian wedding. So we're having that as our wedding cake. That felt right. We'll also have a gelato cart like later on in the evening. 
as part of our reception situation, along with some sort of midnight snack that is TBD. But we're doing that. We're having an open bar. The food is going to be amazing. And then we'll also have a farewell brunch, like I said, the next day. Not a farewell brunch, but like a recovery brunch because we'll still have that whole day together. And that will be pastries, fruit, quiche, eggs, kind of lighter recovery stuff, you know, you know. But what something I want to like touch on here is that even though we have wedding planners, I still feel like we've had to make so many decisions, like even even having the caterer decided for us, right? Like the our venue required us to work with this caterer, which we were fine with because he looks great. But even with the caterer already decided for us, deciding all the catering decisions with the caterer has been in itself this whole mission. Like that has already felt overwhelming, even with one of the biggest decisions not a factor. And something that I've really taken from my business, borrowed and applied to wedding planning is trying to make decisions quickly and adjusting or refining as we go. And so I looked at the wedding menu with Andrew. We kind of identified like here are our top three contenders or here are the dishes that like really stick out to us. How can we get as many of those in one menu as possible? And then narrowing down, narrowing down and picking the one closest to like everything we wanted and just not worrying about if it was exactly perfect yet because we can always refine it. But we just wanted to knock out that decision and keep moving because what can easily happen when you're making so many decisions all the time, which is CEO life, but also wedding planning life. When you're making so many decisions, it's so easy to get bogged down to have decision fatigue, which I've definitely experienced during this process. And it's really easy to just let that fester and let that really bog you down. So my advice is with running a business, with planning a wedding, with doing anything that requires a ton of decision making, try to make decisions quickly and adjust as you go versus waiting till you have absolute perfect clarity. You feel 100% confident in your choice, especially if like a wedding, you have a timeline, like you have time to iterate, adjust, refine, give feedback, that sort of thing. So we're making decisions quickly. We also made really, really fast decisions with our florist. Our wedding planner sent us one florist and I was already really clear on what the vision and the vibe was in terms of like styles of arrangements and stuff. We're still kind of finalizing color palette. I'm not entirely set on if we're doing really like white neutral with greenery or if we're going to introduce some, I don't want to say pops of color, but just like a little bit of a springtime color palette in a kind of muted low-key way like my wedding will never be the rainbow color super bright girl but we might introduce some color in the florals so still deciding again the exact details but they sent me one florist and I loved all of her arrangements I could see that she could accomplish both of those options and I was like yes I want her and my planners are like don't do you want us to send you the other options because we had two more people to show you and I was like I mean you can but they're not going to be better than her. Like I feel confident going forward with her and we went, we went forward with her and they still sent me the other options just to make sure. And I was right. Like my gut was right. My initial impression of her was right. And that gave me a lot of confidence to keep making more decisions 
quickly. Other things that we've decided quickly is they sent us our musician option and their recommendation. And I was like, yep, cool. Keep moving. And we're just trying to really like, if possible, touch stuff once, like review the options one time, make a decision, keep moving to really reduce the decision fatigue, reduce the back and forth as much as possible. Obviously, if we don't feel confident with the option presented to us, or if we feel meh, or for some reason, it's just not feeling good, it's not feeling aligned, our gut is telling us it's off, then not. But if it feels good, and it fits our vision, and our wedding planners have like fitted into our budget and all of that, then why ruminate over it, you know? So that has been a huge area where I've been able to borrow CEO mindset and CEO kind of processes. Okay, hold on. I needed to interrupt this episode quickly because I've realized that it doesn't matter how hard you work or even how quote unquote productive you are, how many hours you put in, if you are going hard in the wrong direction, which is why it is so important to be clear and confident about your goals. And that's the exact reason why I've incorporated goal setting into all of my coaching programs. Because if my clients are not clear on their goals, if they don't know where we're going and why we're going there, it doesn't matter what strategies we pull out. It doesn't matter how much planning we do. We have to get clear on what the destination is first. And so I swear by this goal setting visualization, and it is something that previously was only available to my clients. It's a visualization that I lead and I walk you through, and now I've made it available for free for everyone. I swear by it. Even if you're not a visualization girly, I have just converted so many people into loving a good visualization with this exact exercise. So I'm going to leave a link to it in the episode description, or you can head immediately to mariewold.goals. That's M-A-R-I-E-W-O-L-D.com slash goals. Again, it is totally free. It will take you 25 minutes and I've hooked you up with a bonus workbook just to help you reflect and process and really start implementing on all the breakthroughs that you have. So enjoy. Let me know how it goes because I know it's going to be a game changer for you. And let's get back to the episode. And speaking of that, wedding planning has been such a good lesson on not settling, mostly because remember I said we almost planned a Texas wedding and we started planning that wedding. And on paper, it was going to be a beautiful wedding. We had a venue already we had our photographer forgot to mention that earlier but we're keeping the same photographer just flying her to italy we had a few things in the works and kind of as we were getting deeper into it and really going down that road i kept feeling just not excited about it and same with andrew like we just kind of kept putting it off weren't taking action we were getting proposals but just not actually hiring any of our vendors And we realized it was just not what we actually wanted. And we were kind of settling for this plan B option when all along we really wanted to get married in Italy. And so we decided to wait until it was viable to do that. And it feels so much better. Like we're actually excited for this wedding to happen. And we feel really, really just aligned with what our actual wedding is going to be like now that we're back to plan A and back to what we knew we wanted all along. So I would also say 
reminder not to settle, reminder to stick to your guns, reminder that you can have it all. And it's just a matter of timing and holding the vision and finding the right people to help you execute it. I also wanted to answer this question from It's Camilla Murray. And she said, what untraditional or unconventional things will you do at your wedding? Because we do have some things that were kind of bucking tradition and doing things our way. Obviously, we're already doing like a four-day wedding trip, which is already special and different and something we're excited to do our way. But we also have several more that would have been the case whether or not we did it in Italy. And that's just because a lot of the kind of typical wedding traditions just don't feel like us. And so it's all it's all related. It's all part of the lesson. But very early on, as we were going through like questions from our planner on do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want this other thing? So many of those traditions just felt like not us and that there's no judgment to other people that do these traditions, but they didn't feel like us. Both of us, as much as I'm very like visible on social media and create a lot of content and stuff. Neither of us like being the center of attention in like a crowd, which I know seems, I don't know, seems contradictory to my job and building an audience and things like that, and like being on the internet for the last decade. But genuinely, I want my wedding to be like, basically feel like a really well curated, amazing multi-phase dinner party, not something where it's like, I'm the main event and it's like my day and everyone needs to focus on me all day long. That's not what I want. And not that even traditional wedding traditions have to be that way, but that's how it kind of felt to me. So some things that we're not doing. Number one, we are not having wedding parties because we really just want everyone who's at our wedding to be there and have fun and enjoy it and not have additional responsibilities. We're only having like 30 to 40 people total at our wedding anyway. And so if we both had wedding parties of any size, in addition to that, like a significant chunk of our guests would be in the wedding party. And we just really wanted everyone to just show up and enjoy themselves and wear neutral colors. (laughs) That's another thing that is untraditional or unconventional and possibly a little bit like controversial but there will be a color palette for our guests wardrobe at least for the wedding day not for the whole trip but I am going to request that everyone wears neutral or like muted earth tone colors because I want the photos to just be beautiful I want everything to kind of look cohesive I don't like I I I don't want to look at my wedding photos of you know 30 to 40 people it's not that many people and everyone is kind of cohesive and then like one person's wearing a hot pink dress and then like one person is wearing a lime green dress and that's all you can focus on. I want everything to be kind of cohesive and harmonious and if that makes me high maintenance that's okay but I also feel like everyone has neutral clothes right like most women have a black dress that's like appropriate for a wedding or like a tan dress or brown or like some sort of earthy neutral color, right? And most men have like a blue or a navy suit. So it's not like I'm asking people to go out and find like everyone wears red polka dots. (laughs) We're asking people to just wear neutral things. And that's mostly just to make the images, the photos, the videography. Oh, we did pick our videographer too, by the way. Make it all look 
cohesive and pretty and harmonious. That might be controversial. It's fine if you don't agree with me. I know some older generation people in my family, including like my own mom, think that it's kind of bossy. But people my age think it's a good idea. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I think everyone should respect it, (laughs) I think. Other non-traditional things are we are not doing like the garter biting retrieval situation. Both Andrew and I just feel like weird (laughs) about that. Neither of us want to perform that in front of our families. No shade to anyone who does. That's just like not our dynamic with our families. And I think last but not least, this isn't necessarily unconventional anymore, but we're not doing the tradition of like Andrew seeing me for the first time in my dress at the aisle. We are going to have a first look so that we have plenty of time to like get photos. I'm very into curating the aesthetics of the wedding, the photos, the videography. I really want to document it thoroughly, as you can imagine. So having plenty of time for photos, having plenty of time for our guests to enjoy a cocktail hour, that sort of thing. So we are going to do a first look. I'm also toying with the idea of doing a first look with my dad because I've seen that on TikTok and it looks like it would be a really special moment for us. Or maybe, well, I'm getting ready with my mom. So with my dad. So that is I think most of the things that are untraditional, there are other elements of this whole process that have been somewhat untraditional. Like I knew exactly what ring I wanted. And so I literally sent Andrew the link to the ring that I wanted and kind of micromanaged that a little bit. I also kind of micromanaged like our proposal situation because I had planned that trip. I love planning trips. I had planned that trip. So I knew exactly what his best opportunity was to propose to me. And so I like very strongly planted the seed for like when he should be proposing during our trip. So it really wasn't much of a surprise, but it was still beautiful and an amazing experience, an amazing proposal. But we've been together for so long. We started dating 10 years ago. So we've been together for so long that like all of this was truly a matter of time. And I really like curating the experience some may say controlling things but really it's curating it's curating and Andrew's happy to do that and that's why we're perfect for each other is he's very easygoing and he cares deeply about certain things and in those things like I'm so happy to give him the reins or give him you know the 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 leeway to like have what he wants and then the things that he knows are important to me he lets me have what I want. And I think, honestly, he was stressed about figuring out the ring and proposal situation, and it made his life easier to have some creative direction, you know? So maybe that would also be considered untraditional, but I'm a girl who knows what she wants. We wear our engagement rings for our whole lives, so I really didn't want it to be something I wouldn't love, you know? And I definitely did not want to get proposed to in like a busy busy tourist spot or a restaurant Again, I don't want to be the spectacle. I don't want to be the center of attention. So he proposed to me in this overlook on the path of the gods, overlooking the Amalfi Coast, so high up at this like empty monastery kind of vibe in the background. And it was very quiet and peaceful and beautiful. And I'm glad I planted that seed. That was the correct seed to plant. 
And then I just wanted to wrap this with a little bit of a chat around our decision to have a wedding planner, because even if we were going to get married in Texas, we were going to have a wedding planner. Although I do feel like it's pretty necessary to have one if you're getting married in another country, especially another country where there's a language barrier and where there is like a cultural difference. And what I mean by that is that my wedding planner from the beginning kind of shared with us that just the Italian way of working and concept of time and style of communication stuff, even without the language barrier, was going to pose another added layer of difficulty and like unknowns for us. And that's something that honestly my wedding planner made me aware of. And she's Italian. She lives in the United Kingdom. So it's kind of the best of both worlds where she grew up in the culture. She knows the culture. She speaks Italian, obviously, and has tons of trusted vendors and partners in Italy. But she's also based in kind of a more Western culture, the UK. And so she can kind of balance that interface of like timeliness and communication and getting shit done while also knowing how to like respect the Italian way of life and the language and be able to follow up and just be like the perfect in-between. And I say all of that with like so much respect and love for the Italian culture, by the way. Like obviously I love Italy, otherwise I wouldn't be getting married there. And I love that every time I go, it gives me so much peace and teaches me to savor the moment and slow down. So, so many good things about that, but it just makes the wedding planning process itself a little bit more challenging. At least that's what my Italian wedding planner has told me. Obviously, I'm letting her handle so much of it. So that is a big reason why we have the planner. But a huge other reason why we have our wedding planner is that it would actually cost me so much more if I had tried to do this myself. And what I mean by that is not financially upfront, it would have cost me, but over time, financially, it would have cost me by sacrificing results in my business and therefore sacrificing my income with the amount of time and energy and decision-making power that I would have had to pass over to my wedding instead of keeping in my business would have really slowed us down in terms of our sales goals, our launching, our operations. It would have limited the capacity in my coaching programs. Like if I would have had to plan this wedding by myself, even in America, that would have been extremely costly for the results in my business. And by spending, I want to say our wedding planning fees are around $10,000. By spending $10,000 on wedding planners to have it to handle all of these little details and to drastically cut down on the decisions we need to make, I am actually giving myself space or protecting my ability to make way, 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 way more than $10,000 in my business, right? So thinking about money spent on services, on goods, on investments, on team members, on mentors, Anytime you're spending money, even outside of your business, because I know my wedding isn't in my business, but business supports life, right? And they're definitely related. I'm still a human being running a business. So anytime I'm making an investment like that, I'm always thinking about what would it cost me to not do this? 
What is the opportunity cost if I didn't hire this person, if I didn't spend this money? What am I saying no to, right? What would this thing, this decision keep me from? Or what would it cost me to not do this thing? And that's always a big part of the decision-making process. And so spending, let's say, $10,000 on my wedding planner allows me to make so much more and keep so much more money in my business by saving that time, energy, and decision-making power for stuff that is actually in my zone of genius. Because imagine how much longer it would take me to research and figure out and communicate and translate everything to Italian and back and all that stuff. Imagine how much slower I would be at wedding planning, which is something completely outside of my zone of genius, than running my business, right? My wedding planner is a genius at planning weddings and she's amazing and fast and efficient and organized and I would not be. And so it would make no sense for me to plan my own wedding and I would encourage you to just adopt that kind of CEO mindset around your thoughts on hiring service providers or getting help or hiring people inside your business or spending money on things that buy your time back so, so, so helpful. And I talked a lot about this actually on my episode about CEO lifestyle. And I would really recommend listening to that episode for more examples of how I do this in like day-to-day life outside of wedding planning. But truly out of all the decisions that we've made so far, and I feel really excited about all the decisions we've made, but out of the entire process, hiring a wedding planner, like starting on that foot was such a good call. And I'm so glad that we have the planners that we have. I'm so glad that they get the vision. And I'm super, super excited to see it all come together and have all of our guests experience this vibe, this multi-day trip that I'm like curating for them. It is such a labor of love, even just being the decision maker and like the vision setter and of course the money provider. And I know it's all going to be worth it. And I know that they're going to be able to tell just how much like thought and effort has gone into it. So I think that is probably the best choice we've made. That's been the most like CEO decision that I could have made. And one other thing that my business and like CEO lifestyle is really, really going to come in clutch for is our honeymoon and being able to take probably two or two and a half weeks off. We are going to want to get home no later than that because I do have my favorite horse show (laughs) that I want to get to afterwards. But being able to really step away from work for my honeymoon, be super present for the wedding, and let the business truly support me during this really exciting time and important time and be just a thousand percent present to that. And that is possible because of the way I've structured my offers, because of the team that I've built, because of the systems and processes that we have inside the business. We will still keep making sales. Clients will continue to be supported. We will continue putting out content. Like everything will keep running from kind of your POV. And I will just be stepping out. And that is what it means to truly have a business and be be a CEO versus just run a business because there is a difference. I'm sure there will be so much to share with you as we continue the planning process and tons of lessons. And of course, I will do a debrief 
after the wedding and the honeymoon. And I will definitely share all of my vendors on Instagram. I will share wedding photos on Instagram. I'll share our newly taken engagement photos over there, probably when I announce this episode. So be sure to follow me over there. And as always, I am so, so grateful for you tuning in today. Thank you so much for being a supporter of the podcast. If you haven't already, we would love for you to rate and review the show and be sure that you're subscribed on your favorite platform. It truly means the world. Until next time, keep making bank and I'll see you soon.